evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time uh, you are watching this. Uh, apologies about our broadcast. Uh, it, I don't know, you know, sometimes the internet technology just doesn't want to cooperate with us, but uh, we want to get this message out to you in some way. And uh, wherever you're watching this, whatever time you're watching this, uh, thanks for tuning in to today's message. Uh, if you've got a Bible, I want to welcome you to grab one. I'm going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, I've got a lot of foundational work to do before I get there because we're starting a new series uh, on counterculture. Really, the idea is like how to live counterculturally in, uh, well, let's just say like a year like 2020, all right? Speaking of 2020, um, been kind of a crazy year, you know? Um, if you remember back at the beginning of the year, uh, everybody, I don't know if you had like uh, New Year's resolutions or if you did uh, New Year's goals or whatever. Uh, I'm sure you had at least some type of expectation um, and then 2020 happened. Um, it's, it's an odd thing. In fact, if the only thing that 2020 has given us uh, good, it's some memes. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know y'all love memes because I'll be looking at some of y'all's and I, it, it give, brings me some joy. So I thought I'd share like some of my top uh, memes thus far. I mean, it's, you know, it's 2020 has been going. I'm sure it'll get worse and the memes will get better, right? Um, but I wanted to show you a few of these, these memes. The first meme, um, I, I love this one because this depicts how the media is, all right? You, you got to love some buzz. Uh, light year. There just seems to be no form of intelligent life anywhere while watching the news, right? Uh, this, this next meme, I love this. If 2020 were a sandwich, right? Just, could you imagine just trying to, it, you know, I don't think that works. Or if 2020 was a slide and this poor kid uh, is going to be graded, that's not fun. And this is my favorite. Uh, everyone with their stimulus check be like, Tiger King, come on now. Y'all know y'all binge watch Tiger King. And if you didn't, you probably shouldn't. Um, and then, like, I mean, if you, you watched it, you should you, sh you should say amen to this because you understand, like, once you got that stimulus check, uh, you would probably go right by a tiger, but that never ends well, and you should have never even had that thought in your mind. But, you know, 2020, it started off, it gave us some hints that, y'all, this ain't going to be a good year. I mean, if you remember, we started right into 2020 with half of Australia on fire. All right, and this is... January, half of Australia on fire. And then, if you'll remember this, uh, we almost got into World War III with Iran. You know, these, these things seem like such huge headlines uh, for news, but as the year progressed, they got lost really fast. Not only that, but you know the beloved basketball player, Kobe Bryant, and he and his, uh, his daughter and some friends were killed in a helicopter crash. It's crazy this year how it started off. And many of us asked, like, can this year get any worse? Well, 2020 was like, yeah, y'all, because I ain't even laid out all my cards on the table yet. So what y'all got? Okay, because I've got a pandemic up my sleeve. And, and sure enough, lo and behold, just a few months into the year, um, this global pandemic breaks out like something that you had watched on a Netflix pandemic, right? And, and then, like, uh, it's, it has a weird name. No one really knows anything about it, how it operates. At first, most everybody's just like, let's just let it do its thing. It won't be that bad. But then flight restrictions happen. And then all of a sudden, the globe, the world shuts down completely. An unknown virus spreads rapidly. 
and it shuts down and cripples our economy with unemployment numbers skyrocketing at numbers we haven't seen since the Great Depression. And there are tons of new vocabulary words that we have to, to learn. Social distance. And y'all know some of y'all, y'all still ain't learned that word yet. You know what I'm saying? Social distancing. Flatten the curve. PPE. Community spread. Super spreader. Like, it's like, what are we doing? Spreading butter? They don't know. It's like the N95. The list goes on and on and on. Then this completely weird year, we find out that this pandemic, this virus, it disproportionately um, affects the elderly and those with underlying health conditions. There's a heated public debate on over what to do about this. One extreme are those who argue we have to shut down everything before we get a vaccine. And if you don't agree with that, then you're just a grandma killer. And then the other extreme are those that say that this is just the bad flu, let the cards or let the chips fall where they may. By the way, if I got to mention one very important thing about this, this worldwide virus is that it hunts the old and vulnerable which, by the way, our country is led by, by someone in the demographics that targets the most, who, in just a couple of months, will face off an older man. <laughs> so you're looking at the two options, like, I see why one of you in the basement all the time. You know, like you look at the two options, and you're probably thinking, God, really, is this, is this it? Like, these are my two options going into this. For months, it just feels like things are canceled. School gets canceled. Church gets canceled. Movie theaters cried out loud, but thanks be unto God for his mercy because they just reopened. Restaurants are shuttered. In fact, you were only able to stay open if you were deemed necessary. Like, you know, abortion clinics, liquor stores, marijuana places. Those were necessary, but churches, sadly, we're not essential. We're told that we should wear masks, and we should not wear masks. And then everybody gets mass confusion on the mask. Grocery stores become these apocalyptic scenes where aisles are empty. And then who cannot forget about the greatest travesty of them all within the grocery stores was the shortage of toilet paper. I mean, I saw this in my own eyes. Like, folks, hoarding toilet paper like mass diarrhea is about to break out with this virus or something. It's just crazy. And just when the country just didn't seem like they could take enough, because things started kind of lifting up, kind of slowly open back, then we witness on a video a cop kneeling on a black man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Racial injustice displayed. Outcries began to take place all over the world, not just in America. But sadly, those outcries and peaceful protests turned into violence, rioting, and looting. And then let's not forget about cancel culture. And y'all, that's where I just kind of draw the line. You know, I got a toddler, and he ain't canceling Chase. And I know they tried to cancel Chase, but Satan is a liar, and look who triumphed. Chase did, y'all. Y'all better not be canceling Chase, or my two-year-old will beat up you're a 22-year-old. Y'all just don't know who I got. And so meanwhile, as all of this is taking place, the media continues to remain silent on issues 
of the hundred and hundreds of thousands of people and kids being trafficked into slavery, into sex slavery. The same media industry who tells the church they're irre- irrelevant and tells the church they don't have a voice in any conversation. Yeah, Netflix, they come out with a series that sexually exploits 11-year-old girls. And then when they get called on their bluff, they apologize and they say, I'm sorry, dot, dot, dot. At least it won an award. Not to mention the millions of babies still being murdered by the essential abortion clinics. And this is not an exclusive list. I didn't even mention, you know, murder hornets, uh, Sahara dust that came all the way from the Sahara Desert up to the Gulf. Like, whatever happened to that? And then, on top of that, it's hurricane season, and we don't have one hurricane brewing in the Gulf of Mexico. We got two! And I think, like, it may even, like, Sharknado or Shark Hurricane may happen out of there. It's like crazy, utter chaos. 2020 has indeed felt like the apocalypse is happening. Like, this is utter chaos. In fact, in fact I've, lab- I've, I've titled this message, Living and counterculturally in a world that seems drunk and on fire. Some of you have experienced the deep realities of chaos because of this year. Others, you have not been personally affected, but you get this jarring sense of like, where am I? Like, what, what is happening around us? What I wanted to do was I wanted us to kind of just pause. I love going through books of the Bible. Like, I, that's how I love to teach. But every now and then we like to go through a topical series. And I think it would be wise for us to address head on some of the issues that are taking place in our world today. My goal is not to tell you who to vote for. My goal is not to tell you what to believe about masks, whether you should wear one or not, or if it's a sign of the Antichrist. You know, God help us. My goal is not even to get you to become a social war, uh, justice warrior. My goal is not to put a heavy weight onto you like, all right, let's live counterculture in three steps. Because all that does is put some extra biblical law upon you, and it suddenly becomes Jesus plus something. But that's not at all. It's Jesus Christ. That's how our atonement happens. It's, it's Jesus took my place. It's not Jesus took my place, and now you've got to pick a side on a polit- political side. No, it's Jesus. My goal is for us to be reminded of these heavy topics and a call for us to live, continually live, counterculturally. The world wants us to live and believe one way, but the Bible has a way that is truth, capital T, absolute truth, that never changes, that never uh, veers towards the way of culture. It stands on its own, no matter what time or error that it is in. And one of the questions I've been thinking throughout this, this year is like, where's the church? Where's the prophetic voice of the church where are the martin luthers who stood against the the catholic church and all of their their evil things that was going on protestant reformation like where are the, where's the churches and their protests against all of the wicked things that are happening 
This series, it's a little different than what I normally do. And I want us to look at today, how do we live countercultural life in a world that's drunk and on flames? First Peter chapter 4, I told you to get there, you know, I gave y'all some time. We're going to pick it up in verse 7, and what I want to do is just read this, give a little context, make a few application points, and then I'm going to pray for you guys. The end of all things is at hand. We pick it up in verse 7. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Somebody say amen. He's talking to me, preacher. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God and righteousness? is scarcely saved what will become of the ungodly and the sinner. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to be to a faithful creator while doing good. This letter was written to a church who was also facing very difficult, very disorienting circumstances. Christians, if you'll if you remember back in the first part of First Peter chapter 1, he says, to the elect exiles, to the dispersed. So these Christians had, had to flee their homes and they find themselves in Galatia and Asia. And sometimes they were fleeing because the sword was right upon them. So Peter's talking to a church that's experiencing some chaotic times in which they would probably also describe a time that seemed drunk and on fire. The people who he's writing to, they're they're enduring this hardship. And I like that word hardship because we don't use trials today. We don't use suffering because we, think, we, t- we tend to think suffering is tied to just cancer or, or maybe COVID or whatever, but hardships. We could all say that we've gone through hardships. And Peter's drawing them back and he's wanting to remind them, hey, the Spirit is using this suffering or hardship to sanctify you, to make you more into the image of God. This is putting your obedience to Jesus. This is what he's constantly reminding him through his letter. And don't forsake him. Hold on 
to Jesus. While our situation is different, there's a lot of similarities in it. I'm not saying this year you've been chased out of your home, but maybe there are some in our country and other countries that have. I'm not saying it's been devastating. Maybe you just feel the annoyance more than anything. Life-altering changes that you'll never forget. It's just been annoying to you. Maybe you have been in a whirlwind of suffering. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you have lost someone close to you. Maybe you, you've, you've felt economic uncertainty, the effects of racism. Maybe you've experienced that. Loneliness, stress, whatever it may be. Peter does something interesting in that he's calling your attention to the same place. Hey, in this moment, in this time, the Spirit wants to use all of this craziness and hardship to sanctify you and to grow you. I think he answers a question we need to be asking. How do we live counterculturally in a world that's in chaos? And you could use any, <laughs> um, any word to describe this year. How do we respond? Do we respond with panic? Do we respond with fear? Do we respond with, with a, a cowardice approach? Not according to what we just read. Again, Peter says, and he answers this question, how do we live counterculturally? In a world that seems to be drunken on fire, the end of all things is at hand, Peter says. Therefore, be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. So when sin and chaos is on full display, as it is right now, how do we respond? With violence, with rioting, with, with murder, with um, racism, with hatred? No. We respond righteously. How does the church look different than the world right now in their response with chaos and in our response with chaos? We respond righteously. You, you need to get that in your brains whatever time you're watching this. Listen to how he says, he says, by being what? Self-controlled. Because can we all agree? Another way you can describe 2020 is it seems just it's out of control. Sober-minded, Peter presents like the beginning of this section, like, like look to Christ, look to the return of Christ because it serves as an incentive to those who love him. Watchful behavior, the fact that Christ's return, is, Christ, the fact that Christ is returning should promote love, hospitality, and the proper use of spiritual gifts. We respond opposite, self-control, not out of control. Loving one another, not spewing more hate. Hospitable. Serve one another. You might have read earlier in this year an article written about a question Martin Luther was addressing in the middle of the black plague that killed up from 75 to 200 million people. All right? makes any other pandemic that we've had since then look like cakewalk. And that's not saying, given light to maybe the suffering that you've endured, but a third of the population of Europe wiped out. In the middle of this, 
He was asked, should I stay or should I go? There may be a song about that. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote, must, I must remain steadfast before the peril of death. The sick and dying need a good shepherd who will strengthen and comfort them. Luther also reminds readers that salvation isn't dependent on whether or not they stay or go or the good works. He ultimately tasks devout Christians to come to their own conclusions and decisions. However, Luther himself, he was not. He wasn't scared. Despite the exhortations of his university colleagues, he stayed behind to minister to the sick and dying. In fact, one thing I read is that he would cradle them in his arms he said and he urged his readers not to be afraid of <laughs> some small boil in service of neighbors to the chaos around us church Christian we don't join in with unjust racism we don't join in with violence we don't join in with hatred we stay and we love those around us. That's the call that we have. We remain self-controlled. We open our homes for those around us. This is what Peter says that blows my mind. They're in the middle, and, and I don't think it's far off for me to say that there could have been like a mole in one of their house churches that was a Roman, part of the Roman government that would have killed them. A spy, so to speak. And Peter says what? Open your home. Now, I'm not suggesting those who, of you who may be in quarantine or elderly or you, you've, you've got a compromised immune system. I don't think I'm suggesting for you to open up your home. I'm talking about us who are able. Be hospitable. This reminded me of the heretic that, that tried to uh, speak COVID out of existence. Also known as Kenneth Copeland, a weird guy. Uh, he, you know, I, I love the video. I, sh I should have showed this. Uh, it was, you know, like they did the remix, COVID-19. And he says, I blow on you and I call forth the heat of hell to evaporate you. That was like March or April, still August. And guess what? COVID's still here. Where was he? Where was this celebrity-esque pastor? This prosperity preacher I mean, he was trying to blow it out of existence, but it was, it was moving rampantly in the nursing homes all around the country. So if he had this kind of faith, why wasn't he there? Why wasn't he like this, Martin Luther, there where the victims were? No, instead he was cowering behind his private jets in his mansion. May we not be found hiding behind our mansions or houses and cars May we be found loving our neighbors, meeting the needs of those and being hospitable. How do we as a church respond to a world of chaos? We respond with righteousness. And then this last thing, he, he points out how else we are to respond and live counterculturally in a world that's really crazy. He says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad 
when his glory revealed. I love this. He's like, why are you surprised, yo? You ain't special. Like, oh, you think you're special that God's going to be like, oh, that's my beloved. No, you ought to, like, expect hardships. And when hardships come, we don't throw our fist up in the air and be like, God, why? We look at this and we count it joy because when I read this, I see how God is conforming me more into his image. Because suffering for a Christian, if you suffer as a Christian, you're suffering with Christ and then you get to glory with Christ that one day that Christ in all of his splendor and all of his glory at the end of time will be standing there and we will be able to rejoice in that glory. But that's only a promise for those who believe in him. So for the Christian, we respond to suffering knowing that it has a purpose and a plan, and that is to sanctify us more into his image. But for the unbeliever, there is no purpose in their pain. There's no purpose in their pain. So Peter looks through this letter to these poor, hard-pressed people sitting around, and he says, hey, don't worry. This is the path you're on too. You'll share in his suffering, yes, but one day we'll share in his glory. The glory is that we get Christ. I like what he says is that the fiery, <laughs> the fiery trials. This is an image of, of, of what one of the prophets would talk about. Uh, um, the fire being put through the fire that God is a refining fire, that sometimes you're put through the fire, that is to refine you because God wants to pull out the good that is in you. And the only way to do that is to put you through the fire. So, lastly, when Peter concludes this book in chapter 5, because this is an encouraging word, in chapter 5 of 1 Peter, verse 10, it says, And after you have suffered a little while, I love this, the God of all grace who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ. He will restore. He will confirm. He will strengthen and establish you. After you've suffered a little while, which, I don't know, I just, I, I don't, I'm not looking too deep into this, but I'm saying it's not going to last forever. And, and if it does in this, in this life, think about the eternal glory that awaits for us this will seem like absolutely nothing to the God of all grace who's gracious he's gracious even in the hard times he's restore what's missing confirm what is questioning strengthen what is floundering and establish what is wavering he will not let you go he will accomplish the purposes how do we continue to live counterculturally? The world seems to be on fire with righteous living. Not our righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. So we have to look to Him. And we respond that our pain and suffering is a way that will purify us. That we have this hope that whatever 2020 wants to throw at us, I say bring it on because it's purifying us 
It's sanctifying us and it's making us more into the image of God. And I know I need that. So we respond how Peter talks in a way that's a biblical response to all of this righteously and knowing that our pain and suffering will purify us. Hey, I want to pray over you and pray with you. And I want to encourage you if you have prayer, uh, if you have a prayer request, love for you to email us at info at refugepointchurch.org. Um, so let's, let's do that. Let's pray. I want to encourage you if you're with someone, maybe just take them by the hand and, and, and pray with me right now. God, our eternal joy and hope. Lord, I don't, I don't know what pain everyone watching may have experienced or may be experiencing right now, but I do know that you're in control. And, and beyond anything, my hope is in your sovereign hand that nothing surprised you. The fires, the hurricanes, viruses, the unjust, the abortions, the children suffering, the racial injustices. None of that surprises you. God, help us to, to be a prophetic voice in a land that is utterly in chaos and looking for an answer. Where's the church? Help us to be the church that will give them the answer, and the answer is Jesus. May we live like our Maybe we live like it is our last day. Spread the good news of Jesus Christ. The Republican Party can't give you this good news. The Democratic Party can't give you this good news. None of these things can give us good news, but it is because of you. You are our good news that we must spread in this world. Help us to live like time is short. Help my brothers and sisters watching. Pray you heal. Pray you save. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Um, it's just an honor that you would tune in with us live. Uh, a little different, uh, thankfully, because of technology shutting down on us. We have technology to help us. So love you guys so much. I'd love for you to join us in person each Sunday, 11 a.m., uh, again, if you're still not able to join us in person, you can continue watching online, hopefully Sunday at 11 o'clock. Uh, but I love you guys so much. May his grace and peace follow you, and I will see you soon.